0: This is episode 95. I know, I know, it's hard to believe, which means we're only a few weeks away from 100 episodes. How cool is that? It's just another number, but it feels a bit more significant as a watershed achievement. Then again, perhaps I should mark episode 104, which will be two years from the start. I think I'm going to stick with 100 being special, and have started thinking about what we can do. Now, if you have any ideas to drop into the mix, just let me know. I would love to hear from you. What can we do to celebrate 100 episodes? Anyway, thinking of communication, here's a quick bit of housekeeping. And did you know, did you know you can find Alpaca Tribe all over the place on the interweb and maybe somewhere you hang out? Facebook, you can search for The Alpaca Tribe. Instagram? The Alpaca Tribe. Twitter. Ah, I didn't get there first. Tribe Alpaca. LinkedIn. Look for Steve Hetherington, H-E-A. Or the Alpaca Tribe. There's a page over there. You can also do searches in all those places for hashtag Alpaca Tribe. You'll find us all over the place. So wherever you live in the digital sphere, you can find the Alpaca Tribe. And if your thing is more email, why not sign up for our email list? for news of the podcast and the people on it. All of the links are in the show notes on the website at alpacatribe.com. Oh, and I've got one other thing, which is a little experiment to try. This is interesting. If you're on Apple, I think I mentioned this before, but I'll tell you, (laughs) I just think it's so cool. Try again. Hey, and then you use the name that begins with S. Now that I haven't got Hey in front of it, I can say, Siri. The problem is, if I say it too, too sort of clearly, then you're going to end up, everybody in the world is going to be listening to my podcast. Hey, that's probably a good idea. Perhaps I should try that. So, hey, that name beginning with S, play the latest episode of Alpaca Tribe Podcast and see what happens. That assumes that you've got Siri and you've got a phone, iPhone or an iPad or the OS. Anyway, that's it. Housekeeping over and thank you for indulging me. Different times of the year have a different pace to them. I recognise that it depends a little which hemisphere of the world you live in, as to exactly when the changes come, but the principle stands true. Here in the UK, we are into a slower pace of autumn. Of course, everything has a coronavirus overlay at the moment, as here in Wales we're returning to what is hopefully a short period of lockdown to act as a fire break or a circuit break for that inevitable and inexorable spread and resurgence of COVID-19 as we transition from summer to fall and on into the winter. It's not looking good. So we continue trying to do wise and caring things for ourselves and for others. Stay well, stay safe. So as the pace of activity with the alpacas slows, I'm also noticing that the grass is slowing and yellowing in places where it's being trampled, the longer stuff particularly. However, there are still signs of fresh growth in some places. I've remarked before about the variability in grazing, with the alpacas having their favourite areas, like the gourmet grass at the edge of the car park, which remains at a very short length, only a few millimetres long, and remains that way because they're grazing it all the time. The factors could be that it's a favourite place down Mm. near the water and you'll see them cushed and chewing the cud there often. Equally, the grass could be really tasty, and especially so if it's all that new growth coming through all the time. The effort to quantity ratio certainly suggests it's not because it's a place for grazing where they can keep their belly full. And of course, there are other areas where the grass is long and the grass is short and the explanation is missing. The amount of hay they consume has started to increase again as well. As the season progressed strangely this spring and into the time when they were going to be harvesting the grass for hay, the local farmer I rely on for small bales of hay wasn't able to produce any at all. So we've got an interesting challenge of working with round bales, bigger bales, which we get as close to the hay store as possible before I (laughs) sort of hack into them and start dismantling it, unwinding everything that's been rolled into this big hay bale. Mm, It's not really the best but it's the best we can manage with the unsuitable supplies and the handling equipment available to us which is basically nothing just me so the alpacas they don't seem to mind much it's just my convenience that suffers anyway it's always good to have a plan b up your sleeve when i was feeding the group of girls today it was a small gap in the rain where it was light before it was due to get heavy again they were happy enough stood around criticising my brush and shovel technique while I mucked out before distributing the food. They seem to come to the buckets hungry at the moment and I've just adjusted the measures slightly to give them a little more. Ellie is still clearing the crumbs that everyone else leaves and Nona bosses the bucket. Earlier in the week it was one of the new big buckets. It's about half a metre diameter. You can get three, four heads in there easily. Anyway, she was going to keep it all to herself, thank you. And she even managed to send off Millie in Evanwee, Millie's career. Of course, all accompanied with the appropriate noises. She just shunters away. She's so funny. Anyway, two happy sharers are Carwin and Little Dit, or Hunneth. In fact, they're thick as thieves regularly and hang out and play together as well as share the bucket. Interestingly, they're both related to Nona, Colwyn is known as from this year, and Huneth, well, she's granddaughter of Nona through Ellie. So maybe there's a bloodline recognition. Perhaps they both speak the same language behaviorally. Hmm, interesting. They're also a bit on the small side, and sometimes get squeezed out by the other Creer. Some Creer fleece looks amazing. And most looks covered in vegetation and debris all of which drops off, but some bits of brambles still get tangled up and I have to be unwinding them at mealtimes. I'm applying some little touches, acclimatising interactions, but it really needs some more deliberate planning. Most of them are becoming more accepting of my presence next to them, with a few exceptions, who then perceive my looking at them as a precursor to being restrained and fiddled with to remove the brambles. I wonder where they've learned that from. Teach Undo, redo, reteach. Over time, the trust will build and an ability to work together with them will grow. So let's give you a quick update on the career, on what's been going on. So Anne Harrod. Anne Harrod was the firstborn of the 2020 careers. So not surprisingly, she looks a bit bigger than many of the others. She's going through another growth spurt, I think it seems. Her legs seem particularly long. I don't know. She's a sweetie with her dark fawn colouring and her big eyes that appear to be permanently startled and her ever-growing long eyelashes. It's a good job she hasn't discovered mascara yet. I don't think she's going to need it. Betsan is full of fleece, true to her dam's genetics. A bright little thing, usually not too far from Amelia, who strangely seems smaller this year. Is she shrinking as she gets older? Or is it just that her fleece is not growing quite so long at the moment. She seems happy enough, and she's certainly eating well. She's one of my visitors to the tack room when I'm filling the buckets. Millie stands by the door, as does Ivanwi, but Emilia and Lily, <laughs> they do like to come in. Oh, Wenna, no, she'll also come in. She wanders in if I'm taking too long getting the food sorted and coming out, so back to the career dylan dylan grows on nicely and is quite sprightly when he needs to be his fleece is a lovely creamy light fawn and he stands with beautiful bearing sometimes he disappears but no not really it's just that he's become lost in the crowd which is to do with his fleece taking on the welsh gray of dirt and wet i love that they are dry clean animals i.e. I, when they dry they become clean i'm so glad we don't have to go in for high intensity grooming except for the brambles at this time of year eva and fleur are pretty girls with lovely fleece and temperaments to match sometimes a little bit difficult to differentiate which one's which but ah, oh, there's some some lovely oh, The careers are just lovely at the moment now gwentlian Is starting to stand out. She's showing her mother's bloodline and the genetics. The fleece is looking amazing. Hermione. I'm so pleased she had a daughter so we can hang on to her. She's a little smaller than some, but certainly not tiny. Shearing time seems a long way off, but that's what I'm waiting for. Hermione has that amazing low register hum when she's worried or stressed over her career. It's very distinctive and slightly haunting. But thankfully most of the time she's happy and we don't hear it too much. As I'm recording this, they're all happily grazing in the rain or sat down chewing the cud. All mixed up. (laughs) They're definitely functioning as a herd. It always surprises me how the dynamic changes as the numbers go up. They are fascinating animals. Always something to learn from them. This week, the British Alpaca Society, or BAS, the magazine arrived, which is always a pleasure, and there was quite a strong showing from Welsh members. Or perhaps I just noticed them more. There's a lovely surrey on the cover, and there's a good range of interesting and essential stories to be had in this month's magazine. Now, I'm aware that some of you are not going to be able to get access to that because you're not members of the BAS, perhaps overseas, whatever. I don't think I can do much about that, unfortunately. But uh, let me just give you a quick rundown of what's being picked up in there. It stretches from the Sheffield life drawing class with alpacas that just like to hang around. So there's a bunch of people who got to draw alpacas. I can almost hear them asking, the alpacas that is, "Uh, can I have a go? And is that me? Yeah, they do like being around people. Duncan Puller, who's the BAS CEO, has written an article and we had him on the podcast a short while back, but he's written an article to explain some of the intricacies and the developments on a project to produce estimated breeding values or EBVs. It uses measurements such as micron thickness of the, of the fleece, of the individual fibres, and it helps you to calculate an estimate of the genetic worth of an alpaca for one or more traits of interest. It has the aim of making breeding choices easier. Of course, we know that there's still that random factor, which means anything can happen, but it should help us be at least heading in the right direction. Oh, TripAdvisor. TripAdvisor work on visitor reviews. And the TripAdvisor Traveler's Choice Awards have placed alpaca businesses among the online travel companies top 10%, ...of businesses worldwide. Isn't that amazing? So there's some really good stuff happening in the UK, but also wider. Four of the winners have their story told in the BS magazine. So many congratulations to Debbie Pearl of Alpaca Alpaca... ...in the Leven Valley, North Yorkshire. Paul Macdonald of Hushabye Farm in Ireland. Kim Williams of Kerry Alpacas. And Charnwood Forest Alpacas, who are one of the largest alpaca walking farms... Uh, open to the public in the UK, with around 1,000 visitors a week. Well done to all of you for getting these TripAdvisor Awards. And then we've got some presents from Wales. So we've got Emma Bird of Bird Farm Alpacas in Ceredigion in Wales. And she shares her story of the journey of 10 years, along with her husband, Rodney, offering workshops at the farm with small numbers creating a restorative day of crafting, listening, talking, sharing lunch, and then having a walk with the alpacas. There's also an article about amazing alpacas. No, I don't mean generally. I mean, that's the name of the herd run by Peter and Glenda. They're in Osc in Wales, and they have a lot of experience with alpacas and farm diversification, and some thoughts on the future of the alpaca industry, in the UK at least. So that completes this week's roundup. And it just leaves me to thank you for being here and to wish you well on your own journey with alpacas, whether as alpaca-mad enthusiasts, who may never be able to see yourself having your own herd, to the many owners of small herds that bring such joy and satisfaction to others, and those with larger groups of animals and a range of activities. Let's all continue to strive for confident and fulfilled owners of happy and healthy alpacas. Take care. Stay well, and go spend some time with an alpaca if you can. This is the Alpaca Tribe, and I'm Steve Hetherington. Have a great day.